0: Well, uh, one of the cultures, we have about, uh, I think, seven cultures, eight cultures maybe as Church Unlimited. Gosh, I should really talk about these a little bit more. Uh, But one of our cultures as a church, one of those core pillars, core values as a church that's important to us is this. It's prayer is our priority. Prayer is a priority of Church Unlimited. Uh, Subtitled to that is because we fully depend on God. Prayer is our priority, because we fully depend on God. Um, I don't think there is any Christian, and I've said this a couple of times over the last few weeks, I don't think there's any Christian that is satisfied with their prayer life. I don't think there's any... um, You know, you could pray two hours a day and you still feel this drawing to more prayer. I don't think it's one of those things that we're ever going to fully arrive in. I think that's because it's not out of a pressure or obligation, but it's out of a a calling from God to get to know Him even deeper. There's no limit to our union that we can experience and enjoy with God. And there's always this calling, this drawing, this compelling um, to dig deeper into God and to know Him more. And a, a verse that comes to mind is 1 Peter 2 verse 2. It says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. God is good. And we know that we've experienced his goodness. He's been good to us. And it is good to be in fellowship with God. It is worth our while. Uh, We don't suffer any loss in knowing God. It's all gain. He is good. And so to crave, to long for Uh, The things that help us grow in the goodness of God um, is very, very important. We need to embrace, we need to put into practice those things that take us closer to Him. And uh, the milk only gives us strength if we drink it. Uh, The good things that take us closer to God, they will only help if we put them into practice. And so throughout today, as we talk about prayer... Uh, in our discussion today consider how you can apply prayer consider how you can grow in prayer and maybe what practical steps that you can take and to ensure that your prayer life deepens this week to drink the milk so that we can grow into greater spiritual maturity so prayer prayer is our priority uh, key scripture around this 1 thessalonians 5 verse 17. Says, never stop praying. Wow, that's a big call, isn't it? Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. See, it's God's will that we be in connection and union with Him always through prayer. In the good and the bad, and the ups and the downs, we are intentional to be plugged in to God. It's God's will. That all through life, in any circumstance, that we are being prayerful, that we are being thankful. Uh, You may have heard of this uh, minister, Smith Wigglesworth. He was a man with a a powerful healing ministry in the early 1900s. A British man who traveled across the world ministering, seeing many, many miracles, even into uh, New Zealand. And uh, he's got testimonies of, you know, healings of tumors and cancer, tuberculosis Uh, People coming, uh, walking out of their wheelchairs. uh, Even reports of people being raised from the dead, including his own wife, Polly. Um, Astounding. So his biographer says that his faith was such as that he was surprised not when a miracle happened, but rather when one did not happen. Such was this man's faith for the miraculous. And I found a few notes Uh, You know, because it makes you ask, well, how do you get to this kind of point of faith? And how do you get to this kind of union with God? Well, I found a few notes on uh, Wigglesworth's daily habits. Uh, He would awaken at 4 a.m. to have communion and fellowship with the Lord. Four in the morning. Gosh, in the uh, winter temperatures we've been experiencing this last week, that would be no small feat. Wake at four o'clock to have communion and fellowship with the Lord. Uh, Wigglesworth never went more than 15 minutes without reading the Bible, the Word of God. It was said that he would feel uh, undressed if he didn't have a Bible in his jacket pocket. Um, He never went half an hour without prayer. He constantly prayed in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. He took communion daily. And it's said that over a period of time, he learned to walk in virtually unbroken fellowship with God. I think that's encouraging. It can sound intimidating um, and you think, oh, that's very well and good for Smitty. Um, but I think this is what God desires and is drawing us each into. Um, not necessarily the same practices and methods that Smith Wigglesworth entered into, but a consistent and a genuine, continuous fellowship with God. And um, I think that's in the heart of every Christian to say, yes, God, I want that. I desire that. Uh, so coming back to prayer specifically, you could say that prayer is faith. Prayer is faith. Because prayer is a dependence upon God. Prayer is a trusting, a believing in God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. You know it well. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For who comes to God must believe that he is. He who comes to God must believe that God exists. Coming to God in prayer is our faith, believing, yes, there is a God in heaven. And yes, he is listening to what I have to say. And yes, he is willing to help because faith is also believing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Prayer is a demonstration of our our faith, that we believe there is a God in heaven and we believe he rewards and answers Prayer and he meets those who seek him. Prayer is faith. We pray because we believe God. And prayer is a demonstration that we trust God more than we trust ourselves. Prayer is a demonstration that we trust God more than we trust ourselves. Prayer is necessary to accomplish something greater than what we can in human effort. Did you catch that? Prayer is necessary to accomplish something greater than we can in our own strength. You see, so often we busy ourselves with working so hard, with striving, even noble things, even working really hard to build something for God. Yet God says it's all in vain if it's not in close partnership with Him in prayer. Have a look at Psalm 127. It says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. If prayer is not the foundation to our work, then that work is far less fruitful and productive. Because prayer invites God into our circumstances. Prayer is seeking God's involvement and prayer believes that God is able to do through us far more than we can do on our own. Like Francis Chan says, we've been going through the book, letters to the church. He says, if prayer is not vital to your church, then your church is not vital. Oh, that's a loaded statement, isn't it? We think that we can accomplish so much through the church, but the reality is, you know, we can gather without interaction with God. We can sing songs. We can have discussions. We can be kind to the poor. We can uh, reach out to the lost and we can do all these great things. But if we're not doing them to a measure that we desperately need to pray in order to accomplish this stuff, if we can simply do it in our own strength, then I think um, it's not enough. It's not enough. We need to be um, depending on God so desperately. We need to be doing a work that that if, if we didn't have God's help, it would fall flat on its face. To be honest, um, we need to be so uh, engaging in prayer uh, that we know it's not in our own strength. It's only in His strength. Uh, we need to have a vision that needs prayer desperately. Let me just read a, quickly read a, a portion uh, from Francis Chan's book, And um, gosh, this guy packs, holds no punches. And uh, I keep saying to our study group, he tells us off with a smile on his face. Um, But have a listen to what he says about prayer. He says, I once told my staff to let me know if they were not praying at least an hour a day. This way I could replace them with someone who would. I would much rather hire someone who prayed and did nothing else than someone who worked tirelessly without praying. That may sound harsh, but prayer is that critical. Prayer is not merely a task of ministry. It is a gauge that exposes our heart's condition. It unveils our pride, showing us whether or not we believe we are powerless apart from God. When we pray, it is an expression of surrender to God and reliance on His infinite wisdom and sovereignty. Let's have a discussion quick little chat together now and i'd love for you to answer this question why don't we pray why don't we pray why do we avoid and neglect prayer uh, Tark said last week that he thinks the, the fact that prayer is the one spiritual practice that is uh, neglected so much in the church today is the greatest tragedy of our current day The fact that the one spiritual practice that's the most neglected is prayer is the greatest tragedy uh, in the church today. Instead of prayer being our priority, why is it so easily dropped off the radar and relegated to maybe a last resort in some cases? So why don't you discuss together, what are some of those barriers to prayer in our lives? All right, prayer is our priority, uh, but how do we pray? I think it's important for us to keep exploring. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. And uh, there are many, many methods uh, that we are able to follow in prayer that can help us, that can equip us, that can um, make prayer uh, a little bit more accessible. Um, Some examples, of course, Jesus' response to the disciples' request of teaching us how to pray was to give them the Lord's Prayer. Uh, So we can use the Lord's Prayer as an outline. We can use other prayers and scriptures as an outline and almost um, pray them line for line or get the content from them and say, look, okay, cool. These are some great things to pray for. Our Father in heaven, let your name be praised. Give me today what I need. Help me to forgive people um, as you forgive me. Forgive me my sins, you know, so we can use the content of prayers and scripture. There's uh, the prayer of Jabez. God bless me indeed. Let your hand be upon me, guard me from evil that I will cause no harm. We can use these great prayers in scripture as methods, as examples on how to pray. The Psalms give us great models uh, to analyze. We can we can see Um, what we're allowed to say in prayer, if you want to put it that way, Um, what others have said in prayer. These are prayers. These are songs that are um, captured in Scripture, for our example. Um, And we can see in Psalms, we can see uh, praise. We can see thanksgiving. We can see repentance. We can see making requests. We can see raw honesty of emotions. We can see anger and frustration. Um, And so we can see so much in the Psalms uh, that gives us ammunition, I guess, in our prayer and can teach us how to pray. And we can also pray the promises of God. Things in God's word that he said are true. We can stand on those promises. We can claim those promises and we can say, God, look, this is what you've said about life and I'm not seeing it in my own experience. What do they say? Um, You know, let every man's experience be a lie and God's word true. Man, if you're not seeing something that God's word says you should be seeing, there's cause for prayer. Say, God, God, where are the miracles that we've seen in our uh, stories we've heard in the past? You know, like uh, you've done it before. Let me see it in my life again. And so we can take the promises from the Bible and pray them. I want to share with you just one quick method uh, that I like to use uh, when I need help in, in structuring I guess, a topic of prayer. And I call it the three-in-one prayer method. Three-in-one prayer. Uh, Three-in-one. Thanks, ask, and kingdom purpose. Three things, one minute, all it takes. 20 seconds per thing. You might have a topic. You might be praying for something. And you think, gosh, I want to pray on this for a minute. 20 seconds on thanks. 20 seconds asking. 20 seconds on a kingdom purpose. Let me quickly explain. Thanks. Acknowledge the goodness of God. And appreciation for what He has done in the past. You know, I think that's very important. Before we ask God, let's thank Him and acknowledge He has been good to us. Um, And then ask, make your request as a child to the Father. You know, we can ask of God what we need and we can express the honesty of our heart. But then this is an important element is that we want to pray into the kingdom purpose. Why do you want to see that answer? You might say, God, um, thank you that you're my provider. Uh, thank you that you promised that you will supply all my needs. Um, I ask for financial provision. I ask for increased income. I ask for unexpected sources of finances to come my way so that I can buy that new boat. or So that um, I can eat out more often. You know, No, 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 that, that's, not, that's not why you're asking for financial provision. The kingdom purpose. What is the kingdom purpose? So that I can be more generous, so that I can give freely to the work of God, so that I can pass finances through my hands, so that I can not be worried or anxious or stressed or overly consumed with where, uh, how I'm going to pay the next bill. You know, so there can be real, uh, not just noble but godly kingdom purposes to what we're praying. Um, and another example. Uh, you might be praying for your neighbor. Uh, you want to reach your neighbor for salvation. You might say, God, thank you that you love Frank next door. Thank you that he's your creation. Thank you that you, you've placed me next to him so that I can reach out to him. And thank you that you want all to be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. And then you ask, God, give me an idea how to connect with Frank. Open the door for a deeper friendship. Um, let him trust me and open up to me. And so what's the kingdom purpose so that he can know you so that he can be saved. Let him be more open to you so that he can we can have a fruitful conversation about God and about life. And, And you want to take note when you come to that part of kingdom purpose, you want to take note of what comes to heart. What comes to mind? Because often that's the Holy Spirit giving you promise. That's the Holy Spirit giving you vision. That's the Holy Spirit giving you direction. You know, teaching you and showing you what He wants to do through you to meet your need. Often that's the time when if you're really listening to what comes to mind as you pray, it's actually God speaking to you. And finally today, I just want us to discuss um, the example of Jesus in prayer. Because I think there's a lot here that can inspire. Um, And of course, we are disciples of Christ. He has shown us, you know, He's our model And so let's follow Jesus, not only his teachings, but also his example of prayer. It's really interesting that Jesus was a man of incredible prayer. Prayer saturates his life and ministry. And as fully God, yet he prayed. Shows me that prayer is not just just to get something from God. Prayer is not just to get a result. But prayer is part of our regular living together with God. You know, Jesus... Uh, Really, I don't know. He probably didn't really need to ask the Father for anything. But because he was in such perfect union with the Father, prayer was a result. Prayer is a relational thing. Prayer happens when we're close to God. It's not just to get things from God. You know, it would be a strange household if you only ever talked to your spouse when you needed to get something and just ignored each other all the rest of the time. No relationships are built upon conversation. So let's have a quick look what did jesus do regarding prayer let's let's look at his example when when are the instances when jesus prayed well he prayed when he was busy mark 1:35 early in the morning while it was still dark jesus withdrew to a solitary place and prayed luke 5:16 he frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray so we can see this example of personal solitude personal the prayer closet Matthew chapter 6 says, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Personal time with God. Jesus modeled that. Um, He prayed when he was making a decision. Luke 6, 12, he spent the night in prayer before he selected his 12 disciples. He prayed to give thanks. Uh, Seven times in the Gospels, he gave thanks for many different things. Um, He prayed when he was facing a hardship, specifically the hardship of facing the cross. He prayed in the garden before his darkest hour, before the biggest um, struggle, I guess, if you could say that, of Jesus' life. He prayed. He prayed. And he prayed for people. Uh, We see in Luke 22, he prayed for Peter's strength in the face of adversity. John 17, he prayed for unity among his followers. So he prayed for others. And if Jesus needed to pray, if Jesus needed to pray for rest, then I think we need to pray to rest as well, uh, not run to Netflix. Uh, if Jesus needed to pray for wisdom in decisions, I think we need to pray for wisdom in decisions. And if Jesus turned to prayer when facing Hardship and grief and overwhelming pressure. uh, That should be our response to those circumstances as well. Jesus modeled the way of prayer. And let's have a quick look at what he said about prayer. What did he say about prayer? Well, Luke uh, chapter 18 says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Jesus talked a lot about perseverance in prayer. Luke eighteen, uh, he the this uh, parable he went on to talk about the persistent widow, who for her shameless persistence in prayer received what she needed from the judge. Likewise, in uh, Luke eleven, told the story of the friend at midnight, teaching us again to persist in prayer. Matthew seven, he says, keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. The door will be open to you. Matthew six. Uh, I've already mentioned so when you pray, go to your room, shut the door and talk to your father. He also includes fasting as an element of prayer and giving, as well as the three core disciplines: praying, fasting, and giving. Uh, Jesus said, Our father knows how to give good gifts. To his children, we find that in Matthew seven, also in uh, I think it's Luke's gospel, uh, where he says again, um, "Your father knows how to give the Holy Spirit." And so, the Holy Spirit is a gr- good gift, and it brings to mind the gifts of the Spirit: prophecy, and tongues, interpretation of the tongue, healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. The gifts of the Spirit. God knows how to give good gifts to you as children when you ask. And then finally, in the garden. Jesus told his disciples, come and watch with me one hour. Watch with me one hour. Stand and pray. Actually, let's have a look at it. Matthew 26, 40 to 41. He returned to the disciples and found them asleep. Are we asleep in prayer? It's worth thinking about. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? And he says, why? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Can you not watch with me one hour? I think it's a good standard for daily time with God. We may have more some days, less some days. I don't think we need to be too um, religious about it. But hey, an hour is a great goal. An hour is a great benchmark. Time with God and worship and prayer and in reading the word of God. Why? Because our flesh is weak. And it's a hostile world out there. If we are not prepared with a strong devotional life, then when temptation and attacks come against our faith, we're going to struggle. We could even fall. So we need to be people of prayer. Prayer is our priority because we fully depend on God so that when it's hard to maintain strong faith, we have done the groundwork. We have prepared ourselves to stand firm stand with me one hour, watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. We're all going to face hardship in life. We're all going to face loss and grief and offense, stress, disappointment, but without a strong dependence on God, it can all take its toll. We need to reinforce the habit, the discipline, the delight of prayer now before it's too late. Prayer is our priority. We fully depend on God. Have a final little discussion now. And let's talk about Jesus' model and example of prayer. What teaching from Jesus challenges you the most to pray? Maybe it's one we've already mentioned. Maybe it's one that I haven't mentioned. But what about Jesus inspires you the most to pray? And how about you discuss together what are some practical and specific ways that you can strengthen your prayer life this week. Bless you guys.